0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Football Chronicles. As every week, uh, this is Sebastian uh, Garcia, and with me today is Edgar Ramirez. Hey,
1: Edgar. Hey, Sebas. How are you? Good. How are you? I am good. I'm doing great. Excited that you're back, and excited that we're back on on, on the podcast.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, our first podcast of the year, so let's make it, let's make a good one. <laughs> yeah,
1: let's, let's make it count. Let's make it count. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm glad to be back. I I don't know. I just uh, took a little vacation in Spain, and of course, I went to see some football over there, and <laughs> it was very very exciting. Um, but yeah, I just want to maybe want to start like talking a little bit about what I, what I saw there. Um, uh, I went to to Madrid, and in Madrid there are four teams basically. There is the, the, you have the Atletico, the Real Madrid. And you have also the Rayo Vallecano and in a little town close to, to Madrid that is, that is called Getafe. Uh, Barcelona came to visit uh, Getafe uh, at the stadium and, uh, and to play like for La Liga, the first match of La Liga of oh. this year for both teams.
1: Right.
0: So uh, my, bro- my brother-in-law, who's crazy about Barcelona, he said, we got to go there. So we went there. <laughs> <laughs> he made it happen. Uh, yeah, he made it happen. And, uh, and uh, I went there with my girlfriend and my sister. Well, all the family was there. And it was very exciting. It's definitely... It was interesting to see because it's a very small stadium. And it's interesting to see a very... Like, uh, you know, like one of the best teams in the world with all these stars playing in such a small stadium. Um, which is in the middle of this neighborhood. And it's like a, an hour away by Metro to to get there but but it was from Madrid but it was a a great experience because since it was a small stadium it was very easy to see from all angles Uh, Hmm. yeah it was you were able to see all the players like uh, training and so it was really good
1: how many people do you think fit in that stadium? I think
0: the stadium fits 16,000 wow Uh, that is tiny and it was it was full wow yeah
1: it's so a, how, how, what, how, how was it, like, you know, getting there? So you, you took a train, how, like, is the train, like, right outside of, outside of the stadium and you just walk into the stadium? Uh, what, what's the feel? What, what is it like? Well, the thing is that, you know, that Madrid has one of the best metro systems. And
0: that metro system goes all the way south to this town. And sure. this town has, this town and other towns are connected also by a metro system, which is like the, the metro of the south, kind of like that, which is a different zone. So it literally takes an hour to get to that metro system and then other 20 minutes to go from the station all the way to, the fir- to from the first station all the way to the station of the, of Getafe um so it's very organized it's very easy to go the coliseum it's called coliseo alfonso perez which used to be a famous player from getafe but not from the team which is interesting he played in uh, in barcelona i think in and in uh, real madrid Uh, but he he never he didn't play in in the getafe team he just he was just born there so they named the stadium after him uh it was a you know, a lot of families, a lot of children. You know, uh, from Getafe is a big uh, event from the little town. So it was interesting to see, for example, all like that, like the parents like bringing their kids to see uh, Barcelona and to see Getafe and uh, all. The- Getafe has uh, a lot of followers as well. So this thing was fully crowded. Um yeah, it was it was nice. They had like uh, flags for Getafe and everything. So it was is fun it like?
1: To see. Is it like you're just, like, in the, in the United States? I don't know. Like the last event I went to was, a, was it? A, I think it was a Bulls game. Um, and we, you know, like, you have to walk into the stadium and you're just, like, they scan your ticket and you just basically go find your seat. Was it just like, is, is that how it worked there too?
0: Yeah, yeah, the logistics is perfect. Like, you, they have, a, like, the, the scanner thing and then, well, they check, they have, they, they have, like, police people, like, uh, kind of, uh-huh. like, checking that you are not bringing anything. So, they check, like, your belongings and, right. you know, because in Europe, like, the, because of the terrorism and stuff. But overall, it was very easy, very, very easy to go. Hmm. I, I think I, I appreciated the game a lot because it was, like, being in, in a stadium, like, in your neighborhood. More or right. or like how, how how it is in South America with for some teams. That you just go, and the, the stadium is right there, and you just go and see the match, right? Right. So it was pretty much that, but with Barcelona. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and Messi, Drake. and Suárez. Yeah, Busquets, that's funny. Busquets, Piral. That's funny. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That is a little surreal, I mean, if you really think about it, right? That's a pretty interesting picture you paint. That is, you know, a neighborhood, just like a little neighborhood... And then, you know, you have this superstar team worth billions of dollars uh, yeah. play against you. That's that's pretty surreal.
0: I, I bet, for example, uh, because it's, it's, the stadium is not very fancy or anything. So I don't mm-hmm. think, like, for example, the wives of the players, I don't think they go to these kind right. of, like, matches and stuff.
1: Right. Wow. So I that's bet for the players. So
0: for the players, it's got to be interesting, right? Because pro- I think there's got to be a different feeling to play there.
1: Hmm. It, it does make me wonder, though, because, you know, in Peru we have very weird geography, right? So people say a lot of the times, oh, you're playing in this really small town, in this really small stadium, and people feel kind of bad about it. But then, you know, you tell me about this, and I'm like, well, you know. I mean, granted, I'm sure this is more organized, um, but, you know, it's I guess we, what I'm saying is maybe we shouldn't feel so bad about ourselves, right? It, it is small, And Barcelona still plays there, and granted, there's no Evian water (laughs) dripping through. uh, Yeah, like probably in the Barcelona Stadium there is.
0: Yeah, but I actually appreciate it a lot. We were thinking about going to see Real Madrid uh, against uh, Real Sociedad. Yeah. Because the two matches were happening at the same time, so we were discussing Uh where to go. One was in, uh, you know, in the Santiago Bernabeu Stadium. Right, which I've been there before, and it's like a super fancy stadium. It has heated seats, heated like everything, super organized logistics-wise. Wow! Uh, It has screens all over the place, surround system. But the players, when when you get a ticket there, unless you pay a lot of money, you're always like far away, and you see like little dots, you know, like right. (laughs) Yeah. But in this one, they didn't have any anything fancy like that. But it was very welcoming. It, I don't know. It was, it, it felt really like friendly, like, you know, like going to, to do like, uh, to something that it really belongs to that neighborhood. And you go there and, and everybody's proud to be there because of their team that is playing against this giant. And they even have a pic- uh, a flag in which you can see, uh, I don't know, like, uh, the Quixote, the, Qu- the Quixote. I think that's how you said it in English. Yeah. With us with a with a with the Hetafe logo and he's like fighting the three giants which are like Real, <laughs> Atletico and, <laughs> and Barcelona. That's like that.
1: awesome. Yeah. And and they are imaginary. <laughs> They're imaginary. <laughs> <laughs> Especially Real Madrid.
0: <laughs> yeah. But okay, but now like soccer-wise, I was hoping or I was thinking when I went there that you know it's going to be Barcelona scoring four or five goals. Right. I was thinking that for that reason, maybe Jason Murillo was going to play. The Colombian defender that just signed, Col- right? Yeah, the Colombian defender that just signed. But at the end, it was a very even match. I mean, but Getafe did a good job, you know, like blocking uh, Barcelona. I mean, they even missed like two chances to tie the game. The game ended like 2-1. to And uh, one goal from Messi, and one from Suarez, and from Getafe, I don't even remember, but... (laughs) Jaime Mata. Jaime Mata. I I was there too. (laughs) 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 But, uh, yeah, it was... It was, uh, at the end, like, Getafe was almost uh, very close to tie the game. It was very, very exciting. My girlfriend was super excited. And, yeah, it was a good experience overall.
1: Wow, that's really cool. I mean... And wait the, I mean because it's a small stadium right it almost didn't matter what seats you got you you could see very well
0: Yeah Well the thing is that we we bought the tickets kind of late so they told oh. us well you guys going to have to sit with the uh with the away team which right. in this case was Barcelona so we were surrounded by Barcelona fans <laughs> Some of them like uh you know like singing in Catalan and saying things in Catalan and stuff like that but, Wow weird Yeah yeah but it was it was an experience it was very very fine I I think the last time I had like this kind of experience was when I saw uh, Arjus against SVR in Denmark it was kind of like the same kind of like feeling
1: (laughs) but with Barcelona
0: but with Barcelona yeah
1: (laughs) oh my god let let me let me read to you the Barcelona lineup you saw and maybe you didn't realize well you you did but I just want to say it Terstegen, Stegen, goalie, Jordi Alba, Lenglet, Piqué, Sergi Roberto, Arturo Vidal, Ivan Rakitic, Arthur, Dembele, Suárez, and Messi. Yeah. Like the star-studded lineup. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was great. I mean, Messi
0: definitely... It, it was my first time watching Messi live.
1: Oh, wow, like that I, is I, cool.
0: Yeah, and definitely Messi is something else like the <laughs> guy is something else the guy is amazing and uh, I don't know I, I imagine the guy to be shorter yeah but he he's actually not that short <laughs> I mean he seems you know he has some like a strength in some way right right yeah so wow. um, yeah it was uh, and I saw it was, for me also was interesting to see Piqué as well uh yeah he's definitely the tallest
1: in the team so <laughs> check like out oh was yeah. Shakira around is that what you said about the wives that you didn't see her
0: yeah no I don't think they go because this stadium is not fancy at all they don't even have like premium seating I think
1: oh wow like yeah, they don't have like the what do you call those
0: like uh, balcony thingy no I yeah. don't think they have that no
1: wow that is pretty surreal to think about right that you would have a a world-class team just it's like what the yankees playing against a triple a almost because i mean in america all the stadiums like for like this sports right for baseball or anything really are pretty awesome you know i think yeah it's just that in america it's different because i think
0: uh, for most sports you know like a uh, how you say that like all the teams are always there so they build an infrastructure that is going to last because the teams are going to last in first division right yeah but in in this case for example getafe has been in second division and then they made it to to the first right and you know they have the infrastructure of like the same infrastructure they had when they were in second division (laughs) right right so yeah it's like a hmm.
1: that is that is i have to say that is a pretty interesting argument to go- do away with i mean which should never happen but it is an argument for doing away with relegation you know like you don't have enough st- business stability to bet for a team right if if it's going to be relegated tomorrow then you're losing a lot of money if that happens yeah but I mean, that's it. I would, you know, I would never, <laughs> I would never do away with the relegation promotion system.
0: No, I think it's the best. I mean, for example, this Getafe, for example, I mean, it has a lot of talent. I mean, probably not to be the winner, but right. you know, it, it, almost defeated Barcelona there. So it's definitely yeah.
1: not a handicapping. It was really good. And, and they're not, and they're not doing terrible. They're five points away from Real Madrid
0: well yeah that's not <laughs> that's not
1: that hard <laughs> i know i said it on purpose no but they are, they are seventh which is not again not terrible no uh, not terrible.
0: i mean they're doing better than valencia which is uh or atletico bilbao
1: oh yeah that hurts
0: yeah <laughs> but uh yeah buddy that was that was definitely an experience so i don't know I we have been we have a lot of like topics to talk about since I was gone and we couldn't do podcast for the past two weeks. But uh you wanted to talk about policing, right, Igar?
1: I did. Um I know it's a little bit old news by now, but I think I think it this broke in the in the new year, like the beginning of the year, um that Christian Pulisic was uh sold uh to Chelsea for I think about seventy million dollars or something like that, give or take a few. Um and he will be transferred from Borussia Dortmund to Chelsea, not now, but, like, in the fall of 2019. Uh, so, in August, basically, he'll be joining. Uh, or, I guess, over the summer, he'll be joining uh, Chelsea. Um, to me... For pers- go what? Not for how much was he sold? again? About 70
0: million. So, he's probably the most expensive... Player, oh. American
1: player, right? Yes, definitely. Yeah, seventy-three point one million dollars. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Ep- like by far. Um, and and that says you know that says a lot, right? Like I, what I was gonna say is that I think this is the first time that I know of in American history that you have a a world class like a star player being transferred to a to a different club to a, to an even more like you know a, a club with more status than Borussia Dortmund uh, to fulfill those shoes right to f- to fill the shoes of a of a of a superstar of a starting eleven player uh, I don't know if that's happened in American history before I don't think it has from what I've looked uh, from, from when I've looked around I mean yes you have Tim Howard and you, Landon, know. Maybe, you Land- know, yeah, but but they never. But came. not even, not right. even,
0: yeah, they never made it to a, you no. know, like a high class team like this. No,
1: one. never, and and if they did, for example, there is an American playing at Chelsea already, a defender, M- M- Miaska, uh, I think is his name, but he's a he's a he he came as a as a youngster. You know, it's not the same. Pulisic, the expectation for Pulisic is that he's going to be a starting eleven player, right? That he is going to play, he's going to play, and he, you know, obviously should win the league and should win a world, uh, uh, sorry, a Champions League. Um, so I, I think it's it's a huge moment for U.S. soccer. It is when I think this year is when the tide changes, uh, and it, I think it's just a good thing, you know.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a great thing for the U.S. It's probably gonna bring more fans and probably call more attention which is definitely needed um because i mean this is definitely a, a big big news i mean uh, more or less you know when a when a country is doing great like with how to put it in words like when a team is, ma- is doing a good job uh making like youth players normally right. they get sold to teams like these at an early age, and this is just what happened with this player because he's what right. like twenty one, twenty two.
1: He's like twenty.
0: Yeah. So definitely, there is so, the work that was done here in the U.S. is definitely working is paying
1: off because this player def- definitely made made it uh, to... Uh, and and just what what happened with him was that he uh, played in the U.S. until two thousand fifteen. And then, so he developed here, as you said, but then he really grew at Borussia Dortmund as a, as a player. Uh, yeah. Which, you know, is pretty amazing if you, if you really think about it, right? Because, I, I mean, countless times, right? It happened with, it happened with Landon Donovan too. Uh, you see these players come to Europe and do well. Like, I mean, I think the best example of someone doing well... Is, uh, was was Quinn Dempsey, I mean, from recent memory, at least. Because um, he did well at Fulham and at... Uh, I forget what else he played. Um, but that, that's it, you know? You never saw them explode or you never saw them go somewhere else. But now you have this kid who, you know, after doing really well at Borussia Dortmund um, and playing Champions League, playing league games all the time... Is going to a club that is going to expect to is going to expect that he leads them to win a Champions League, uh, and that to me again is unprecedented for U.S. history. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely.
1: Is he gonna start this semester or next semester? Uh, he will be joining Chelsea uh, all, over the summer. Over, the, over summer. the summer, so he's is gonna he's gonna be playing for
0: Borussia, Borussia Dortmund, Dortmund as alone. Yes, and then over the summer he's gonna be transferred there. Yeah, he's going to yeah. join Chelsea. I think the reason for that is because if I'm not mistaken, Borussia Dortmund is playing Champions League, right? Yes. Yeah, so he can even if he's transferred, he's not able to play for right. Chelsea because right. he was already subscribed. Yeah, uh, as a Borussia Dortmund player at a the beginning of player. the tournament. Yep. Yeah. So he's not allowed to play for Chelsea in the Champions League.
1: Exactly. So, yeah. so just it, to clarify that. <laughs> no, it's 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 a good point. Um, for people that don't know that, it is a good point. Sometimes we just take things for granted, I guess.
0: Yeah. It's just that sometimes people think I buy this player and this player, and then I make my A team for the second half of <laughs> the of the of the tournament. But you cannot do that. Uh, so that's how it works. But that's great, great
1: for the U.S. I'm happy for that, Happy that actually. I, I hope he does well. I mean, I think now we need to talk about that, right? What do you expect? What do we expect from him? I, I have to say that on a personal level, that almost doesn't really matter. Well, no, that doesn't matter. I do not like that he went to Chelsea. I I don't like Chelsea as a team. I don't like (laughs) how they play soccer. But I think I don't like how they play soccer because I got very used to like the Mourinho Chelsea, right? That I obviously have made very clear (laughs) throughout this podcast that I do not like how Mourinho uh, plays uh, football and how his teams play football, regardless of the fact that they win or not. Um, So, but you know, I guess that Chelsea is you know not not. Chelsea doesn't play like that as much anymore Uh, so you know still not my favorite team but I I do hope he again I hope he does well that he's able to 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 really be part of the starting 11 because he I think he'll be competing against uh, Hazard uh, William and Pedro for a for a position
0: that's that's not an easy competition there
1: right (laughs) nope that's really tough
0: yeah well, well, like uh, I think the U.S. is definitely growing. Hopefully, uh, th- things like this happen more often, so we can see a more competitive uh, United States team, and hopefully, a team that can make it to the next World Cup. Um, which I, I think, I think uh, the U.S. is getting is getting there. You know, it's getting uh, def- definitely like more crucial players and players that are many players from South America are coming here. Uh, to, to play in the in the tournament here. That also improves the level. Because uh, now we, we get players here in the US that are actually in a good uh, shape to play here. You know, they are not retiring. They are not coming here to retire. They're actually coming right. here to, to continue their careers. And that makes a huge difference because they bring probably the best soccer they have in in their career to play it here instead of like, when they're in their down, and of their or of their career, right. Uh, so, yeah. Um, you you mentioned you told me before we started this podcast that there is a player from from Boca Juniors who's moving here, right?
1: No, uh, a player from River Plate, the PT Martinez. From River Plate. So that that was the point, you know. So now we're kind of done talking about Pulisic, sort of. Um, and as I was thinking about Pulisic and how great it is that he. Is joining Chelsea and all that fun stuff. You know, throughout these last few weeks, I've noticed that there is a lot of uh, young players, young American players, moving, playing in Europe. Uh, I have a couple names. Uh, Tyler Adams is one of them, joined uh, RB Leipzig. And the other one, uh, I just lost, but it's another kid. Um, Anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, the point is that, you know, there's some American players, young American players, especially, moving to play in Europe, which is, I, I think, a little unprecedented. We should come up with some stats for the next episode. Um, yeah. And, but then because to- I, I, oh.
0: I also, for example, saw one in Benfica that is keyed on something that he's also... started his his career here in the U.S. and moved there. Yep. And Benfica is it's a big team as well, so... And
1: and it's a team known for developing players as well. Yeah. I mean, a lot of a lot of South American players like a lot of Colombians would go to Portugal to play there, like James, and grow, and then move to, you know, Monaco, Real Madrid, right, to to other teams. Um, But what I was going to say is that, you know, while I was, like, thinking about Pulisic and these American kids going to Europe, and I started uh, reading the news, like, because the transfer market is open right now, uh, I saw that the P.T. Martinez, Gonzalo Martinez... Who is the voted the best player in South America for the last season? Decided to join Atl- Atlanta United uh, in this transfer window, which it's weird. It is, oh, I was not expecting it. I mean, I guarantee I had no uh, real thought about where he was going to go as a, as a player because, you know, I don't follow him as much. Uh, but back in the day, and back in the day, I mean, two years ago maybe you would see those players move to Europe immediately, without a thought, right? They would yeah. go to Porto or, or wherever they could land. Um, so it, it almost seems to me like the, the, the market is shifting, and now instead of moving to somewhere like Portugal, these players are moving to, to, to the U.S. or to, to North America.
0: Or, or Mexico, yeah. Mexico is also another market that they're moving a lot. Uh, a lot to I think I don't know I think it's because you know it's a, it's a great place you know it's growing so much that, that they, definitely the US is able to pay for these players give them some stability and it's becoming also a place in which uh, eventually they can go to Europe I think right. it's still I mean in my opinion I think it's still a little bit under construction uh, I think probably things are going to get better once uh you know, like for example, with Becca, it opens his stadium and it calls more attention. And right now, I think that it is definitely an improvement, uh, but it's still under construction. But it's definitely happening. What you're saying, I think, is happening. It, it
1: is because what we're seeing now is the the like the best players of the lower half of the continent are moving here, or at least some of them, not all of them, of course. Uh, so the next step is going to be that the U.S. starts selling those players to Europe. Not now, because that just happened, right? Or that is just yeah. happening. But in a few years, um, we're going to see that. Because right now, they are selling players, but they're selling these young kids. And I can tell you, like I, I've seen several notes uh, throughout the, the year of young American kids going to play in Europe, which, again, I'm all for it. I think it's uh, the most amazing thing they can do. Um, So it is fascinating. I mean, it it really is a shift in the market and how, how, let's just be very clear, that we are being left behind. The South American teams have not grown enough financially or institutionally to keep up with the the changes in the MLS or the changes in the world. And now, you know, they're getting their taking, getting their players poked or poached from, you know, from the U.S., right? They're coming to the U.S. instead of going to Europe.
0: Yeah. I think a reason for it is also the strength of the U.S. dollar right now. Interesting. And how weak the currencies in, in Latin America are, uh, you know, like... For River Plate and Boca Juniors and all these teams, it's extremely hard to get players uh, from other countries when they have to pay to pay them in dollars, right? Right. Because, for example, the 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 peso is super depreciated, and most of their income it comes from whatever they make in Argentina and it's in right. pesos, so it's it's hard for them to get to get that, right? And. The U.S. is getting more attention. The U.S. soccer, they, definitely, the MLS is getting more money year by year. is a, is a growing corporation, let's say it. Yep. So they have the money to go and buy these players now, right? And Argentina, simply, or any other South American team, they just have to sometimes let it go and and sell them, and you know, and uh, yeah, they say. I think it's a little bit of a, there is an economical factor there, right, for for this
1: change. Um, and. And I wonder how. I mean, I guess technically that is a good thing, right? You're getting more, more uh, clubs, more teams with money to compete for these players, right? Uh, yeah. Whereas before, the only place you could look at was Europe. Now you only you can look at uh, Mexico, which you know it's been it's been a thing for a while. But now even the US as as a the real US. serious place to go to.
0: Yeah, and even China. But China, the problem is that it's, it's very far. It's a league that is still, like, right. uh, very, very, like, uh, underdeveloped still. I think it's under... Con- like, if the U.S. is under construction, that one is uh, still, in, like, in blueprints. Like, there's <laughs> still many things to improve there. But, yeah, China's also buying a lot of good players. They even thought about buying Quintero from Rear Plate. And I don't know. That's... Uh, that's a different topic, but I think that yeah, definitely the US has. I think it's a good opportunity to for the US to buy good players and improve the the show here, right? Right. If they move the the cuts right, they can get like really good players, excellent players from different leagues in South America, and make them like play here and improve the league here and learn from them and learn from. Uh, you know, like what, the the kind of soccer that is played in South America, that is very competitive, and may uh, eventually improve the league, right? So that's an opportunity there. That hopefully it happens like that.
1: It 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 does make me sad though, because what that means to me, then as a like you know very simple next step, is that, well now you're gonna see the United States national team be way we be better than honestly than ours probably right because you have all these kids going to play in europe basically playing against the very best um and just you know getting better and better and better whereas for us that is no longer the case uh it's becoming a little more difficult uh and we're just being left behind what do you think about that well i don't know i think i i I think maybe you're looking
0: at the at a very big picture in a very long term maybe eventually we'll get there i think it's still like brazil argentina uh, in some way colombia and uruguay. Are producing, uh, uruguay and stuff they're producing a lot of players uh, you know like a lot of players are going to europe like uh, in some way or another right but i definitely think that the u.s is doing the homework a little bit i probably and you know, like the leak, the attendance, and everything is improving here. Something that it was shocking to me was to see that the attendance in the U.S. was higher than than, for example, in Colombia or Argentina for some teams. Right. It is. So if you if you add that and very good infrastructure and you know like good marketing and you know all the organization that the MLS has here. Eventually, that's going to lead to something good, I guess, right?
1: Yep. And, but but uh, I, I think we're already seeing it, though. I mean, that team that played against France, the U.S. team that played against France, the U.S. team that played against Peru, the young, young team with, like, uh you know, not Pulisic, but, like, team, Timothy Weah, Miasga, you know, all these young people that play in Europe, you know, this is a team that is really going to be old enough when the United States World Cup comes comes up and I mean Timothy Weah, like just renewed with PSG his contract um you know th- there's a lot expected from these kids and for example there is no Peruvian player even close to being to doing what policy where is you know what I mean yeah like at all like not not even uh, not not even close um so that that is interesting to me uh, from from my point of view, we're again we're we're seeing them develop and grow, and it's making me a little jealous. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. and no, I think yeah, in South America, it's still like a, there are some things that need to change in order to improve the the show, in order to improve the 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 leaks, the tournament. Um, yeah, the thing is that I mean, soccer is our main sport, so that's. You know, that's continuously is going to make more like we are going to make players no matter what. The problem is that if we're going to make them in the right way, if we're going to make them to stay in the country to play for the national team. Right. You know, to bring some income to the to the to the clubs in in South America. That's the other thing, right? Like we want players that can make some profit for the, the clubs over there, not the clubs here. So, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, definitely, that's, this. This is a good. This is good news for the U.S. I, I think. And
1: yeah. No, see. the the plan the plan is working for sure. Yeah. It is working. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But I don't know. Well, in, in Colombia, I have some news. Finally, apparently, we are gonna get a coach, and it is yeah Carlos Cados, who is gonna replace Peckerman. Peckerman is no longer in the team. Colombia has been playing with an interim coach. Who is like the coach of the youth team? But now apparently Carlos Queiroz, who is currently the coach of Iran,
1: mm-hmm.
0: he's probably gonna join the national team. He's gonna join the Colombian team after the Asian uh, Super League or something like that is called. I don't remember, but yeah, like the Asian Cup. <laughs> uh, then after that, he's gonna join the Colombian team. Uh, for me, uh, I, I'm not, I don't know very sure about this guy. I've heard really very mixed. Yeah, I heard, I've heard really like mixed feelings about him. Hmm. One thing is apparently he's very defensive. Oh uh, no! Yeah. And that's something that is not good for Colombia because, uh, you know, like we have good defenders, and and it's great to be a defending team. But I remember times in which Colombia defended so well that was not able to score a goal, or we had, like, the... You know, like, we broke the record of having the least amount of goals, but also we had the record of the least amount of goals scored, so <laughs> he, so we couldn't make it to a workup because of that. Um, yeah, so I don't know. He was... He trained with uh, Alex Ferguson in a in manchester united he was his second for many wow. years and then he joined real madrid for a season in which he didn't win anything then he went back to manchester united as an assistant and then he was coach of portugal and then he joined portugal in iran in 2011 and he has been coach of iran ever since so he doesn't have much like uh, honors or any like much much he hasn't won that many things
1: Hmm.
0: and for me it is not good because peckerman had some like trophies like to to show right like he had some and uh, i i think if you're gonna replace peckerman you should replace him with somebody better but this guy i'm not fully convinced yet so i don't know
1: that's interesting because my first reaction when I heard that it was going to be him was, Iran played pretty well in the World Cup and they don't have you know a, a world class team like, like Colombia does, uh, you know. So so that's what I was like, okay, you know maybe maybe it would be a good thing, uh, for Colombia to have this guy as coach. But yeah, I mean what you say does you know there's some some um, flags there right like defensiveness. I don't know about that. And uh, the fact that he hasn't won anything is is a little alarming as well. Yeah,
0: he's it's also it's also a coach that is not related to South America at all. So I don't know how is he going to like... You know, like, is he going to go to see a Millonarios against Santa Fe match and see which players to bring or something like that? I don't know if he's going to be that kind of coach. You know what I mean? Yeah, that is a little weird. Because, for example, your coach from Peru, the... the Gareca Uh, El El Tigre Gareca He knows South American soccer Like nobody else You know like he can go Because he has played in so many teams And he has been He has managed so many like local teams That he knows everything about it And if I'm not mistaken Many of the the Peruvian players uh, Like play
1: in Peru right? They did Yes, you're right. They did when when we when we first started, for sure.
0: Yeah. So you know he built his team out of those players and then eventually yes. they moved somewhere else, but yes. I don't know if this guy knows anything about South American soccer and how he works there. So that is
1: that is a little scary. Yeah. It is yeah, I mean those are all good points I hope they've thought about that. Yeah, I don't know.
0: <laughs> Know, if they were in a rush to get somebody fancy, that they got this guy and they said, Yeah, hey, let's get this Portuguese guy and see what he does and so, see what happens. Yeah,
1: Yikes. but it,
0: it's interesting because you know, right now in La Condeol, there are there well, La Condeol is only 10 teams, right? And from those 10 teams, right now, there are three Colombian coaches. The, Colom- the Colombian there is like uh, Bolillo Gomez in Ecuador, uh, Osorio in Paraguay. And Reinaldo Rueda in Chile. Oh my God. And I'm very surprised that Colombia doesn't have a Colombian coach, you know, being a factory of coaches in some way, right? But.
1: That is so weird. I, yeah. for, I forgot that uh, Rueda went to Paraguay.
0: Rueda went to Chile.
1: I'm, I'm sorry, who went to Paraguay? Uh,
0: Osorio. Osorio.
1: Osorio, the Mexico's coach.
0: Yeah, former Mexico's coach. That
1: is so weird. Yeah. I com- I completely forgot about that. That yeah, so th- yeah, that is very bizarre. So wait, so then there is how many Argentinians? There's Gareca for Peru, uh, who-
0: and the, the whoever is in Argentina, which I don't think they have one yet. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, Brazil has a Brazilian one. Right and i don't know i don't know about venezuela and bolivia but
1: (laughs) yeah that's very odd though
0: yeah
1: i mean three three coaches is 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 quite a few and that you guys don't have a coach that is uh that is uh colombian is is pretty bizarre
0: yeah it's very bizarre (laughs) but well i don't know maybe maybe this guy surprises uh, maybe he's he's like the next Peckerman. Who knows, right?
1: Yeah, I mean one can only hope he's there. So you know, you
0: just got oh, One thing I just searched here. You know who's the coach of Bolivia? Who? <laughs> you're, you're gonna you're gonna laugh about this guy. you remember Cesas Farías, the isn't former coach like, of Venezuela?
1: Isn't he Venezuelan?
0: Yeah. We are the- <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to laugh about it. You remember that guy that used to make the faces when he was coaching Venezuela? Yeah. He was actually a good
1: coach, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Didn't he coach... He coached a Peruvian team or something? Hold on. No, uh,
0: I, was... no I don't know. Well, Cerro I don't know me, he, no. he coached Venezuela, Tijuana, Northeast United, whatever the, that is. The
1: strongest...
0: The strongest, Cerro Porteño, and now Bolivia. Weird. Yeah.
1: That is very weird. So, but Venezuela does seem to have a Venezuelan coach, from what I can see.
0: Yeah, so two Venezuelan coaches. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, that's funny.
1: It's a weird world we live in, Sebas.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely, right?
1: Yeah, that ah, is very... Ah, like,
0: The... The, yeah, the coaches. It's Dudamel. Dudamel. Duda yeah. yeah. He used to play in Colombia, I think. And in in Millonarios, actually.
1: In my in my team. He played in the Universidad de Los Andes? Oh, that's a, that's not the Colombian <laughs> Universidad de Los Andes.
0: Never mind. No, I don't think
1: so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the university has a team. I, I didn't think so either. I
1: was like, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's funny
0: yeah so another you remember another news that uh, I think we mentioned here but Edgar like (laughs) was surprised about is that El Tata Martino is the new coach of of Mexico I think I mentioned something about it I think I mentioned that they were thinking about it but now it's like official official. yeah that's weird
1: I mean I would have Atlanta is really nice it's a really nice city have you been
0: no, I've never been to Atlanta. I've
1: been, like, a couple of times just, like, passing through, and I really liked it. It's a big city, so I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm kidding, kind of kidding, but I was surprised to see that he would go to, to to coach in Mexico because, you know, obviously Mexico City, I'm sure, is nice. I've never been, but it's a lot of pressure. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's, it's not easy. No. It's,
1: it's really hard because uh, it's a country in
0: which everybody thinks that the team deserves to be world champion. But you don't know, have like the the, fo- the the labor for it,
1: yeah. Well, the labor force for it.
0: So everybody, every coach that goes there is has a lot of pressure to do great, but, but they have limited resources for that. So yeah,
1: the, maybe Mexico should start doing what the US is doing and try to send their try to send their youngsters to to Europe, like like the Americans are, because it is yeah. it is a thing that you know Mexican players just stay in Mexico. Regardless of how good they are, I'm sure you know some of them are very, very good, uh, but they just tend to stay in Mexico, which you know doesn't help you if you want to move past a certain stage.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, I mean, I, I, I'm not a big fan of Osorio, but I think he did a good job in Mexico. But also, you have to think like Osorio had, like uh, for example, like the the Dos Santos brothers, right, and. You know, like if you if that's like, like if you have those guys in your main team, you have troubles. You know, because those guys don't play any good soccer anymore. They went to Europe and they didn't do that great. And now they're playing in the U.S. and Mexico, I think. So. But they are
1: so talented, though. That's what hurts, right? I mean, they, they. I remember them like in their debuts at Barcelona. They were talented. They're not bad players. I, I, I mean, I don't know what it is, but they, it just doesn't seem like, you know... I
0: think at some point they went back to Mexico, and that's like... Because they didn't stay in Europe. No, and they like, didn't. That's, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but so... Yeah, definitely it's a, it's a hard place to be a coach. But he's a... I think he's a good coach. I mean, he's a decent coach. I yeah. Think uh, I, I, I think he'll do okay. Yeah, he used to be coach of Argentina, of Barcelona. Barcelona and atlanta united are now here so yeah no
1: all right i think we can wrap it up with this so sebas anything else you want to add
0: uh no i think that that's it for this podcast our first podcast of the year thank you very much for following us on instagram and in our social media and we will be uh, releasing a podcast every monday hopefully starting next week so please keep us posted if you guys want to Uh, If you want us to improve something, just send us an email at thefootballchronicles at gmail.com or send us our our Facebook or whatever you guys want. Or Instagram,
1: yeah, wherever.
0: But thank you very much, and we'll see you guys this week. Thank you.
1: Bye.
0: Bye.